Welcome to Jesus Joy and Java, a podcast for women of any age and in any stage of life who are seeking to draw closer to God through His Word. My name is Patty Nava, and my mission is to walk beside you on our spiritual journey by studying the scriptures together to strengthen our faith. We are now in season two of the Jesus Joy and Java podcast. This is a season to nurture and grow our fruit of the Spirit. I pray you will be encouraged and that this will be a blessed and fruitful season for you, my sweet sister. Now let's get ready to fill our cup with Jesus, Joy, and Java. Welcome to Episode 9. Today we start our series on the Fruit of the Spirit. I hope you had a chance to listen to the introductory episode last week. If not, you can always go back and listen to all of the previous episodes. If you're new to our Jesus Joy and Java community, I want to welcome you and hope that you will take the time to listen to the eight previous episodes of Season 1 as we identify the characteristics of the Proverbs 31 woman. Season 1 contains great stories and references to women in the Bible, along with some personal testimonies, which I pray will encourage you. Okay, let's begin digging into some spiritual fruit. The fruit of the Spirit are all very different and important attributes of the followers of Christ. All nine fruit together reveal a Christ-like character. So in this nine-week series, we will be studying each fruit and learning ways to nurture, grow, and how to apply the fruit to our daily walk with the Lord. It's so appropriate that the first fruit on the list is love. In 1 John 4, 8, it says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Jesus tells us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six that the greatest commandment is to love God And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. We also read in Matthew 5.43 that we must love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Even if someone offends us, we are commanded to love them and to pray for them. Wouldn't you agree that it's much easier to endure offenses from those we love than from those who are our enemies or people we barely know? Well, then let's not forget that we are also commanded in Philippians 2.3 to count others more significant than ourselves. All of these scriptures I just read describe the kind of love that is called agape love. So what is agape love? Agape is one of several Greek words for love. It is translated as the fatherly love of God. It is the highest form of love. In the Bible, it is used to define a type of love between Christians and between God and His children. When the word agape appears in the Bible, it refers to a pure, willful, sacrificial love. Agape love is unconditional. It requires faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. So in order for us to show this kind of love to others, 
we must first receive it from God through the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned in the introductory episode that we receive the fruit of the Spirit when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It only makes sense to look to God to show us how to love because He is love. God is the prime example of this self-sacrifice as we read in the beginning of John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world that He gave us His one and only begotten Son. Sisters, God saw our sin and how wretched we are. He saw our ugliness and still gave us His Son to be crucified for us so that He could save us and so that we could be in eternity with Him. See, when I first accepted Christ and read John 3.16, it made me realize that it was my sin that put my sweet Jesus on the cross and how amazing our God is that He loves us so much that He would make this sacrifice for us. Now that is agape love. So now that we know the origin and definition of the word love, how do we nurture this love or agape love in our daily walk? We need to trust and allow God to work through us. We cannot make it happen on our own strength. And we cannot fake it till we make it, as they say in the world. This kind of love can only come from the Holy Spirit. God knows when we are not being real. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3, we read, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. You see, in these verses, Paul is speaking to the Corinthians regarding favoritism. Back in those days, people with gifts such as speaking in tongues or with the gift of prophecy, they were favored people. But Paul reminds them that these gifts are from the Holy Spirit, and it means nothing if these are not done with love. This favoritism, unfortunately, still happens today. See, we tend to value and even idolize some people more than others, right? Some people could have amazing gifts or speak eloquently and be very knowledgeable or even have incredible faith in God. They could even donate their money, their clothing, or their material possessions. But if it's not done with love, it means absolutely nothing to God. We learned in season one that we look at the outward, but God looks at the heart. What does God look for in his children? He looks for love, genuine love, agape love. So last Sunday, my pastor was teaching about David's heart for God, and I thought it was only appropriate to talk about David 
on this episode as David was a man who loved God and he is described as a man after God's own heart. That's exactly what God is looking for. He wants us to have a heart full of love for him. Sisters, God wants us to be women after his own heart. So to get a better understanding of this, I want us to take a look at David's story. Turn with me to 1 Samuel 16, verses 1 through 12. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did just what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled. When they met him, they, they asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. Oh my, can you imagine being in that room when this happened? I'm sure all mouths dropped. So what did David have? that his brothers didn't have. Why would Jesse think his son David was not qualified to be a king? Well, God saw a young, humble, faithful servant, a shepherd who loved God and loved his sheep. He even sang praises to God while he cared for his sheep. 
We know that throughout his life, David sinned, and he made several mistakes. But he never stopped being a man after God's own heart. David always showed concern about his relationship with God and always wanted to reconcile and make things right with God. We can tell from the many psalms he wrote that he was obviously grieved about hurting God. His heart was sensitive to anything having to do with God. So yes, God chose David to be king because he was seeking a man after his own heart. David definitely had a heart for God. He loved God and was filled with the Spirit. It's this kind of love that God is looking for in us so that He can use us for His glory. What are some ways that we can cultivate this fruit of love so that we may be used by God just as He used David? Yes, dear sisters, God wants to use us to do His will. Are you ready to be used by God? In 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. So are you ready to be a woman after God's own heart and allow God's agape love to shine through you? Here are some suggestions on how to cultivate our spiritual fruit of love. As always, at the top of the list is prayer. Yes, pray. Spend time with God every morning. Tell Him how much you love Him and thank Him for what He is doing in your life and what He is about to do in your life. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear about your struggles and the desires of your heart. Read some of the Psalms that David wrote and you'll see how he prayed. He cried out to God during his times of trouble, but he also showed his love, his praise and thanksgiving and adoration for God, regardless of what he was going through. Number two, give. Give of your time, give your skills, your knowledge. Ask God to guide you to where you can give, where he can use you. It could be at a church, perhaps helping a neighbor or somewhere in your community or even at your child's school. You'll be amazed at where God can use you. It might be a place you never even expected. And finally, number three, smile. This is my favorite. It only takes little effort. They say a smile is contagious. Yes, it's true. Ask God to lead you to that one person who could be encouraged by your smile and let God's agape love shine through you. So let's review. In today's episode, we read some scriptures where we are commanded to love God and love others, including our enemies. We also defined agape love and why John 3.16 is the prime example of this type of love. Then we talked about showing real love when trying to nurture this spiritual fruit of love in our daily walk with Jesus, as He knows what's in our heart and when we are being real or faking it. We also read the story of David when he was chosen by God to be king and why God looks for men and women after his own heart. And finally, I gave you some tips on how to cultivate 
and apply this fruit of love in your life. So I hope this episode was encouraging to you and I hope that it encourages you to walk closer to God and cultivate agape love in your life. I look forward to spending more time with you next week as we talk about the second fruit of the Spirit, joy, and how to live a more joyful life as a follower of Christ. I would like to recommend a couple of resources that can help you on this journey of nurturing the fruit of the Spirit. The first one is a book titled Unfailing Love, written by my good friend and brother in Christ, Kevin Pedraza. This book is not only a great conversation starter, but it is also a good way to point individuals to Christ. When you pick up this book, you'll want to keep reading the beautiful poems at the top of every page as they're filled with so much emotion that you and I might be able to relate to. But I would suggest that you use this book as a journal by taking one page at a time, one day at a time. Each page has room for you to journal how each poem speaks to you personally. You can find Kevin's book, Unfailing Love, on Amazon. You'll find the link for this book on the Jesus, Joy, and Java Facebook page. The next resource is an e-journal I have written as a free gift to you, my listeners. This journal is all about the fruit of the Spirit. In this journal, you will find scriptures and questions to help you apply the fruit to your daily walk with Jesus. To get a free copy of this e-journal, all you have to do is email me at pattyjavanava at yahoo.com. That's patty, P-A-T-Y, Java, J-A-V-A, Nava, N-A-V-A, at yahoo.com. This information will also be available on the Jesus, Joy, and Java Facebook page. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you have rated this podcast or shared it with your sister friends, I appreciate you and send you a big special thank you. Please don't forget to follow Jesus, Joy, and Java on Facebook at fb.com slash JesusJoyJava. Also on Instagram at JesusJoy underscore Java and on YouTube at JesusJoyAndJava. Feel free to email me at pattyjavanava at yahoo.com. Your feedback means a lot to me. Thank you for listening, and I pray your cup may always be filled with Jesus, Joy, and Java.